1: Podcasts. this is reception reception. the show now, now
0: james Cole and matt Harmon, drake london and it's just i mean i i had him as my number two receiver in the draft class um loved his contested catch skills and you know early in the season i did a study on desmond ritter and and charted a lot of his games in the way that i like to chart things a little above and beyond and it was very clear that Arthur Smith's offense likes to use static breaking routes, routes that just break back to the quarterback and sit mm. there. And the reason I think they did that is that having a receiver break across or between zones may have been confusing for Desmond Ritter to read leverage and have real clarity about where to throw the ball. And while that's that was a nice move on Smith's part to try and introduce Ritter to the game on a level where we could get him going... The problem is, is that he was even, he would be, when things got off structure, he couldn't really make strong decisions. And even with some of these routes, he had issues reading leverage well or on time or starting with what side of the field to start on based on what the defense was doing. So he struggled a lot. But what's interesting is last week or this past weekend, it looked like they were using Drake London a little bit more on routes, breaking at least in a direction where he could run towards the ball and get some yardage after the catch. Slants, different types of routes that maybe allowed him, again, just to catch on the move rather than sit still. And I thought that if they continue to do that, you may see more danger with Drake, you know, with um, with um, Desmond Ritter in terms of decisions that he might make. <laughs> um, but But at least you're getting more chunk yardage and you're seeing more trust throws to Drake London. The catch he had um this weekend where he was parallel with the ground fighting the ball away from um yeah. St Just was was pretty awesome and you we've seen a couple of weeks of that so to me he's like the guy that for my readers and listeners he's what Adam Harstead at Football Guys would call a dented can a guy that you know people may be down on but if you can get him at a deal and you probably can a, a, a bit there's a good chance that maybe Justin Fields winds up in Atlanta as a maybe plus version of Marcus Mariota, plus version of Desmond. Now, I'm hoping for for Falcons fans that that's the case. Maybe they just draft somebody. But even if, let's say, they wind up with Fields, um, I think that's an improvement to what they currently have on the roster. And Arthur Smith would, if he can do what he's done with Ryan Tannehill, I think that he could have a very long-term positive impact on fields and that would help both Pitts and 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 London dramatically.
1: Yeah. I, a lot of people actually linked your analysis of Desmond or like told me to go check it out uh, prior to the season when talking about Drake London for some of those concerns. And it's weird because Desmond I think has the tools, right? Like I don't think he's like I think he's got a decent arm. I think he can we can move around a little bit. He just is – and I feel like I'm doing this every week where it's like, okay, that was a solid week, and then the next week it's like, jeez, God, all right, like right, can't do this anymore. It's a, The volatility of a player like this in an offense that Atlanta wants to be is really, really difficult. Um, and the thing that, that drives me the most nuts with him, and I think Fields is uh, – I can't decide if, if Fields would be a huge upgrade in this regard or, or not, but I also think Fields would probably see a lot – he'd have a better vision and he'd see a better picture in um, Arthur Smith's offense that I think is much better designed than what they're doing in Chicago there. Like Desmond doesn't just like drop back, read the play action, like manipulate the defense with his eyes and rip it. Like he just has to rip some of these throws. I think fields when he's confident in what he sees can rip it. So I do think that would be an interesting hypothetical pairing. And frankly, Waldman, like, people need to get over the the zero catch performance in week one for Drake London. Cause if you just look at him from a box score perspective, it hasn't been great, but it hasn't been like a shit show either. You know, it's like it's six catches 67 and a touch in week two, uh, two, uh, two for 31, whatever. And every wide receiver is going to have a game like that. Three catches and a touchdown against Jacksonville, six for 78 against Houston. And then last week's is like big game, nine catches for 125 yards. Like, It's been fine for Drake London so far this year.
0: Yeah, and I mean, with Ritter, Ritter's that type of guy that when he gets off structure, he doesn't play as nearly as well as Justin Fields does off structure. And so that's a big difference-making point right there. And then on top of it, I think Fields often knows where to go with his first read in terms of what side of the field to attack in ways that I thought Ritter had some issues with. And I think that if you know if you watch Squid Games and Red Light Green Light, you oh, know God. if if Leverage were Red Light Green Light, Desmond Ritter would be the first quarterback eliminated from Squid Games. Let's just put it that way. It's just, I mean, I hate to I hate to put it that way, but even at Cincinnati, when it came to reading like Leverage, that said, no, don't throw this ball, yeah. or yes, throw this ball it was like he was a little colorblind with with that, you know, and that and that's the problem is that all the physical tools are there and and maybe the leadership capabilities are there, but the but that inherent thing, reading leverage and being on un- understanding pre-snap, early post-snap what side of the field should I go to? Not what the X's and O's tell you, yeah, but what actually the practicality of the play does. Because I had a quarterback coach, Will Hewlett, Hewlett said this to me, and I've, I've contributed some reports for Brock Purdy and Anthony Richardson, who he's coached up before the draft. And he said to me, listen, you know, in theory, every play ends in a check down. That's just basically for quarterbacks. So if you're going to go by theory, the best theoretical quarterback ever to play in the NFL was Alex Smith because he was great at checkdowns. You know, if you want to learn everything you want about checkdowns and reading leverage to a T, Alex Smith is your guy. If you if you want to learn like how to play football and uh, and know what the reality of football is versus theory, you'd have a much better shot with Brett Favre, even if we you know even if we look at what goes on off the field or Patrick Mahomes who's you know who learned a lot from Smith but could look at this and go okay we're going over here you know and uh, you know this is my first read Ritter doesn't seem to have that and that's that's what's hurting this offense a lot
1: that's actually so true with Ritter it seems like he just wants to play on script so bad when when like the reality of an NFL Sunday or Thursday or Monday or whatever, sometimes Saturday when they really want to force football down our throats. um, It's, sometimes things go off script and like you've got to be able to to live a little live live a little more on the edge for god's sake, desmond like just let let that thing rip at times the squid game thing is funny it would probably get us canceled uh and like we probably it's probably too dark to do but yeah like <laughs> nfl quarterbacks and like who would be a better squid games contributor maybe not the those actual games would just like an elimination type um content well, yeah well
0: for the you know for the it's true, you know, and but we, you know, some of the characters that we'd have who probably wound up doing well, um, you know, at the same time we probably wouldn't like them as much socially off the field all that much. But, uh, you but that's okay. Brett Favre, I, mean. I did. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Brett Favre would at least probably make it to like the the, the middle to late rounds at this point, just because no, he'd, he'd figure out he'd figure out a way to um, he'd figure out a way to make things work good or bad. <laughs>
1: Step on somebody else to get a little higher. Yeah, I think that that looks like the Brett Favre thing yeah. at this point. Yeah. Um, okay. Again, before we get canceled, uh, <laughs> I'll give I'll give somebody that I'm I'm considering moving up. Um, I thought about mentioning Rashid Shaheed, uh, but I, I actually already kind of have him rather high ish. I mean, he's wide receiver fifty nine for me, which I think is probably higher than than other folks because I think he's a really good player. I'll actually talk about another guy that I'm I'm probably higher than consensus on, but I feel like I could bump ahead of several of the names I'm looking at right now and it's Jacoby Myers. Um I think Jacoby Myers might just be the most underrated receiver in the NFL. Waldman because he's boring to the to the classic like to the classic fan, right? He doesn't do anything super exciting. Um I did say coming into the year that Jacoby Myers' best routes are like the Jimmy G routes. Um, the inbreakers, um, you know the, the best routes besides the uh the, the hospital balls. I mean, the hospital ball is Jimmy G's actual favorite throw, but um, inbreakers, slants, uh, <laughs> curls, digs, big crossers, and stuff like that. Those are the Jacoby Myers routes. He's such a solid player. Um, obviously, I don't think Jimmy G is the long-term answer for the Raiders, uh, but Jacoby Myers has been a huge win for them as a as a as a player. I just, like, tell me why this isn't a guy that's going to get 120 targets every year uh, and and just be a player who is consistent and steady and, and productive.
0: Hey, everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast. um, other than insulting his head coach maybe somewhere down the line and and talking about his big ego and getting, you know how much longer and is they getting his shut his down. Head coach? <laughs> and that's the point. I don't think it's gonna be very long. So I'm with you. I mean, I underrated Myers a fair bit just because I was still having my last tinges of denial about Hunter Renfro getting mm-hmm. some opportunity in play. And maybe that, you know, last year he was a little banged up and things would you know, then there'd be a little bit more of a split. And then I had some doubts about Myers being a true flanker, you know, being a slower guy that he was. Yeah. But when you look at how he plays the game, the way he wins, he's physical. He knows how to attack. He understands how to like a former quarterback or ball carrier than he was in high school. He really understands pacing and how to tell a story and be in the right spot and read a defense. So that makes up a lot for the whole, I joke that speed is the cleavage of the NFL. Well, you, you know, the, there's, he he doesn't have much cleavage as a, as a wide receiver when it comes to how people view stuff, but that's okay, you know? I mean, that's okay. He's a, he's a beautiful player, you know, nonetheless. And I think that that's one of the things that, um, overall, he's reliable and, He he, you know, you think about Juju Smith Schuster last year. Juju Smith Schuster in Kansas City last year was a a fine receiver in what they asked him to do. Especially when we look in hindsight at these young receivers in in that in that city who can't seem to provide the level of um, reliability to be where he's supposed to be for Patrick Mahomes. Myers is not that at all. Um, he is he's ultra reliable. So no, I don't have an argument for you. I like that he's moving up on my boards as well.
1: Hey, just because you mentioned Hunter Renfro, and I will occasionally get this question, like, what happened to Hunter Renfro? What's what's your best guess besides like Josh McDaniel's cronyism?
0: I think that may the only thing that I would guess is that. They felt like he wasn't going to be a physical enough presence, and they and that he leaned too much on the type of routes that people love to watch in practice, but don't work in actual games, um, other than longer developing plays. I call them the Braxton Miller routes because oh, when, yes. when I used to watch the, go to the Senior Bowl of every year. Braxton Miller was the type of practice player, former quarterback at Ohio State who played wide receiver, and everyone in the in the media was like Braxton Miller's dominating senior bowl practices with these unbelievable moves that he made or Andy Isabella who I used to call dance fever because his routes were th- that way. It's like, it's like, you know, the type of thing you and I would try to run before we actually started watching NFL film in a pickup game, um, you know, and it's, and the problem is is that once real games happen and you actually have to have timing with your quarterback, these routes don't work. Or you're facing guys who are physical and go, okay, I'll let you dance for four or five steps, then I'm going to hit you in the chest, and what are you going to do after that? And and that might be a little bit of that with Hunter Renfro, but when I watched him in practices, I didn't think that was as big of a deal. The only thing I could speculate is that maybe he got attached to some of those things um, Mm -hmm. as his career started to take off. And he's just not a versatile receiver from the standpoint of what he can do downfield in terms of top speed. So, you, so you're so you looking at a guy who's small, who maybe you worry about getting beaten up in the middle of the field, whose best routes tend to be the more complicated ones, um, and who isn't exceedingly fast to stretch the field vertically. So you have somebody who's really great at a tight box of things, and you might look as a coach and say i that's fine but i don't need a i don't need a a, a diamond studded shoehorn i actually needed you know i actually need a closet you know as opposed to just a shoehorn
1: i think that's pretty similar to my answer that he probably like is a useful player and and i think some team could and maybe still will find some use for him at some point but he was probably always a little overrated because of those routes. You say people love to see like they not just in senior bowl practices, but like on social media too. And it's like, and then he's a, he's a small scrappy white, so people then it's like, oh, he's one of the best route runners in the NFL. It's like, okay, well, you can't tell me there's any universe where he's like Steph Diggs, who you know is one of the best route runners because he could do it from all three receiver positions. And it, but just so I'm not only saying scrappy whites, I think Jerry Judy's like this too. Jerry Judy's another like practice route runner ma- maven, and then he does it one or two times every other game and people like best route runner in the NFL, one of them. And it's just, those guys always get overrated because the stuff is way too, way too complex and it's not efficient.
0: Yeah. You just, you just mentioned one of my guys who's moving down my rankings, Jerry Judy, um, who I had never compared anything remotely to Antonio Brown at his height, more like an aspirational Reggie Wayne um, Mm -hmm. was really more the guy that I saw. But I think that's a a great way to put, I mean, look at, I put it this way. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is not fast anymore wasn't really fast to begin with. Um, he's got decent size, but he knows every the routes that he runs are really very subtle and there' are certain things he does really with body positioning and physicality and I joke that he's like the ultimate wrestling heel who has the technical skills to beat you without. At knowing every angle and advantage and cheat code thing that he can do. But if, if a referee says I'm looking the other way, uh, there's not a wide receiver. I would pick if I, if I could have a contest for quote unquote, what defensive back coaches would say cheating um, mm. is about um, because he angers more defensive back coaches than I've ever seen on Twitter. Whenever I, I hype him up, they're like, yeah and i'm just like that's my guy right there like to to me he's the guy that is going to pull the foreign object out of the belt and like and beat the guy senseless and the referee doesn't see it and and so but he's great in that respect and and in others but uh but yeah in contrast nothing he does is like unbelievably fancy it's it's just basically understanding at the latest moment when to make the move and it's about efficiency and timing 2400 sports is an odyssey company